TC Hill is not a doctor and does not claim to be a doctor or licensed in any type of medical field. Don't be an idiot and use anything heard on the show as medical advice. This information should be used for educational purposes only and you should contact your doctor for any medical advice. Now get off me. Welcome to Kick It Naturally. I'm Kenna McEnroe and I'm here with TC Hale, author, natural health expert, producer, and my boss. Hello. I'm going to say hello. That's all, right. all I got. He's a man of many words, that TC. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about self-monitoring, but before that, to my left is Will Patati Hottie Schmidt. Hi. How are you? Patati yeah. Hottie? Uh-huh, Patati Hottie. He got Hottie. totally turned around. Yeah, it took yeah. you 63 episodes to get your name turned yeah. around to She's advance to the next on level. Yeah, She's pretty focused. Yeah, yeah. I'm focused today. So congratulations. Uh-huh. And Will is a trainer, and well, a health care practitioner, and trainer to hollywood stars and the elite that kind of stuff yeah to fancy people yeah yeah he won't even see me right you're not fancy enough i'm not fancy enough wait till i get how many grammys Uh you have oh (laughs) Oh. is a two grammy minimum okay all right all right so like i said today we're going to be talking about self-testing running those self-tests on yourself and if you haven't liked us yet or followed us on facebook at kick it in the nuts uh, you better pull over, stop whatever you're do- doing, drop that piece of pizza, and go to Facebook to kick it in the nuts. That's where we're going to be posting our questions every Sunday, and you guys can weigh in and ask your questions about the topics that we post. And I'm just all over the map today. My brain is going crazy. Wow. They, can, they can request topics, too, if you guys want oh, to yeah. talk about okay. stuff. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because we're, we're going to run out of topics next week. We yes, have one topic exactly. left. What talking. if I have 12 fingers? Yeah, we would definitely use that. As a topic, but next week's topic is clowns. So, okay. if you want something better than that, yeah, yeah. so if you Speak want a topic of, better than clowns, clowns digestion, then, uh, mm-hmm. then you'll need to it's give different. us some new topics, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, but we're uh, we're like, what'd you say, 63 podcasts now? We're running out of elements, so uh-huh. think of those elements for us and send them in. They're making up new elements every day, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Yeah. we'll have some new ones by right. next week. Exactly. Just check that out. So what do you guys have to say about self-testing? Well, I think the reason that we wanted to do this show was not just about uh, the self-test that we teach, but to help people understand that you're allowed to monitor things at home to get an idea of, hey, what's... What's going on? How's my health? How's my body working? I'm self-testing myself right now. I'm seeing how long I can go without blinking. <laughs> See, that's, that's a self-test. Mm-hmm. Yep. That counts. How long you can sit at the sun? Ah, shoot. Mm, I just careful. blinked. Yeah. <laughs> right. But if you monitor that and you keep it on a graph and... It will probably mean nothing. You nothing won't be that able I know to about, see the graph soon. Exactly, it'll be something that goes back to digestion. Yeah, but a, a lot of people that we see clients were like, you know, hey, how how is this? What is your blood pressure? And they're like, well, when I was at the doctor six years ago, right. he said it was pretty. I don't have high, but right. Yeah, but times they are changing in very exciting ways. And one of the exciting ways is that people no longer say times they are changing. <laughs> right. I don't know if you so knew about bring that. that yeah, sorry. <laughs> It's a throwback that. Wednesday. But the thing is, like, the ability to monitor your own body chemistry is getting easier and easier and fancier and fancier right. by the, like, second. Yeah, like, like they have an app for that. Well, pretty soon app. we're not even going to have doctors Like, you want to resequence your genome? There's an app yeah. for that. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's right. inc- go in your office and, yeah. And, like, what's coming up soon, have you heard of, like, the XPRIZE, what they do with that? So they create this... Um, to solve world grand challenges like hunger or climate change mm-hmm. or things like that. The first one was to create a commercial space flight, which they did with the $10 million prize. And then they've got another one going right now, which like four teams are well into the competition. They're going to do it. But do you remember in Star Trek when like Bones would like scan the person to see like no, what was wrong with them? Uh-huh. Okay. Well, if you ever li- <laughs> watch Star Trek like us nerds, you'd know like he could just scan you with a little thing and be like, oh, you've got a tumor in your ear and you've got... <laughs> Like hemophilasia, you know, and and then he'd cure it also at the same time. But they're coming up with a device where you'll be able to pretty much completely cut out the whole going to the doctor, running lab tests, waiting for them to come back, and just scan your own spit or blood or breath, wow. and and it'll be able to within like minutes or maybe eventually seconds diagnose you and advise you of like what you should do. I'm dying in 25 minutes. Right. Woo. So it can tell you like, oh, your kids just got a little cold, or take them to the doctor right now. Like it'll be wow. able to. Like, with greater accuracy than doctors. So that's coming. But what's also like uh, 
important to know about like when that level of sort of analysis comes from you still got to pay attention to who you're asking for advice like because they're going to be those numbers are going to mean different things to different people yeah and if you're asking uh, a program that's been programmed by like allopathic medicine yeah they're like oh you need this drug (laughs) your high blood pressure or low blood pressure is not necessarily going to give you the holistic answer and if that's what you're looking for but the thing is it will be able to tell you an amazing spectrum of information which you can already gather a lot of great stuff which we're going to talk about today in self-tests that are available very cheaply and easily, but um, you'll still want to know uh, how to interpret all that stuff. So we'll talk about people that. do big things in this world. My, you know, my goal is just to make sure that I get up and he doesn't kill me and get to the gym. Right. Uh-huh. And people are like, you know, making it's things a good that goal. can tell you it's about cool. disease. So what was the name of the project that does uh, those kind X of big Prize? Things? The X Prize. X Prize. Yeah. Part of the we X should, Files. We should start one just to see if we can find a solution to get kids to wear pants that fit. Yeah, ah. <laughs> they have that a, would, That's a world problem. You can do. <laughs> You can do smaller prizes if you go to HeroX.com. They're like smaller challenges. But okay. Yeah. Anyway. Cool. That seems like a big one to me. Yeah. You know, and as much as I hate self-testing, but just because it's one more thing to remember to do, um, you know, it, it does help you because I know that sometimes like things may be shifting and I'm not aware of it yet because it's I'm not feeling it yet. So I don't know, and if I don't test, then I don't know, oh, wow, okay, because you can't feel if my saliva pH is, you know, mm, yeah. where it's supposed to be or whatever. But I'm like, okay, then that's great. I've never been that good before. So I'm doing something right. Keep going in that direction, yeah. you know? So, and let's back up a little bit first. Um, so what a lot of people don't know is that even that it's a bit, they have the ability to look at anything. They walk right past, you know, the blood pressure cuffs at every single pharmacy in the country and they they don't understand they don't put that together that oh i can just buy one of those it's, it's 49 dollars, and i can have that at my house yeah, those are for sale right yeah it's not, <laughs> it's not just for show so let's talk about some of the things that are super easy for people to look at and then let's just get into a little bit why they would want to look at that what does that mean when they see those measurements what can they what can they gain from that information so uh, I think the most important one is is blood pressure because, you know, when we look to help somebody, uh, the first thing we want to look at is their electrolyte status and is it is it way too high and causing all kinds of problems or is it way too low and causing all kinds of problems. So this is something that can answer a lot of questions that people have, a lot of people have had their whole life. You know, why... Why do I cry the second week and every month for no reason? You know, those are kind of things that you can figure out. Right. And, but it really could be that. Mm -hmm. But if they had, if they knew what their blood pressure was, they could make adjustments and maybe they wouldn't cry so much. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about, um, what information somebody can gain by looking at their blood pressure. What, what kind of range do they want to see it in? And, and when it's out of that range, what kind of information can they gather? Yeah. So ideally, it's the, your your blood pressure has two numbers. The top number is called the systolic, which is like the pressure inside the circulatory system when the heart just beats. So like it's like the, when the wave is like coming in. So there's more pressure, and then there's a diastolic, which is in between beats. So it's like the standing pressure, um, and you want it to be somewhere close to around 120 over 80 is ideal, and too low. And when people have low blood pressure, they almost never know it because the doctors just say, oh, good. It's good not, job. It's not high. Mm-hmm. So they could be walking around with like an 89 over 6. Right. <laughs> I had one doctor tell me that because I'm short and, and stuff that it's good for me to have low blood pressure, that I wouldn't have normal blood pressure because I'm smaller. Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> but their goal is, well, hey, you're not going to have a heart attack. You get yeah. a gold star. Good yeah. job. Right. But... The problem is that a lot of issues come from low blood pressure that we've talked on a, a lot of episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, so what kind of number would somebody see and, and they could understand, oh, that's too low? Sure. If it was under 113 over 73, like either one of those numbers beneath that, we'd say that's too low. And we, we use a term called electrolyte deficient to classify like, oh, like your body is electrolyte deficient. And that's one of the primary markers we use to, to detect that. Right. And, and when we do most of the tests that we do on ourselves or have people do, um, we're looking to do that test at least two hours after a person eats. Now, there's some other tests that someone might do the first thing when they wake up and stuff like that. But the general idea is that when you eat, your body like 
goes to war. There's like a battle going on. There's like they have to destroy this food and break it down. It's a huge job. Um, so you don't want to see what your numbers are while your body's freaking out doing this major overhaul. You want to see what the numbers are when it's at its normal functioning state. So we like to see people run tests at least two hours after a meal, and then you can get an idea what's going on. Because someone could check blood pressure right after they have an ice cream cone, and their blood pressure could be great because of all the sugar in there would have lifted that blood pressure a little bit. And then two hours later, they're at 89 over 60. What if somebody's like on medication? When would be a good time for them to... That (laughs) medications affect almost all tests, you know, in some way or another. So that's a... That's like a seven-episode topic that we're not going to cover today. Hey, well, we picked up a new podcast new, new topic. topic. Yeah. yeah, so there's a lot of things that can happen there. Um, and we've talked about those in a lot of other episodes. But uh, when you take these tests, what you're looking to see is where is my body operating while I'm on this medication? And then if you understand what the medication can do, then you could dig deeper into that. But that's probably too much to get into for this topic. We do know... If you're on a blood pressure lowering medication, then you know that that medication is probably lowering your mm-hmm. blood pressure. Probably, <laughs> it's probably what's going on with that. So, if you look, if you're on that med and your blood pressure is 120 over 80, you know that's not the real blood pressure. Maybe if you're on antidepressants or something like that, it's raising. Yeah, well, a, most of them are raising right. medication. And that's a lesser known thing. You may be really depressed and on meds for it and check your blood pressure. And be like, oh, my blood pressure's fine. But mm-hmm. then you got to realize, like, well, it's the med that's probably pushing it up to fine. Right. A lot of those meds restrict a person's ability to pee out their salts and minerals, and then the minerals raise up, and then they're not so depressed. And if you want to understand that better, we have a whole depression episode where we get into that but okay so that's an indication of it it's too low and there's a lot of what are the main issues that can come from low blood pressure that most people see? um spaciness depression anxiety cravings weak digestion insomnia um low energy low energy immune system breakdowns too because you'll be like depleted well, calcium. that's a kind of a side topic i guess but sure yeah that, should, that could be it <laughs> constipation um, is typical because they're usually short on stomach acid. So then all the uh, symptoms that go along with low stomach acid, like burping, bloating, acid reflux, heartburn. Right. So those are the main things that someone might experience with those things or dizziness even. That's a really good one too. Yeah. So what's a number where blood pressure is leaning too high? And what do we see with that? I, I forget the exact number we use. Was it 143 or 140? Maybe it's it's on that sheet right there. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Over uh, over 130 is when it starts to go high. But I usually don't get too concerned until someone hits, you know, 140 unless there's reason to have concern for some other thing. Yeah. And it's important to know, like, those... Those numbers change a lot throughout the day. Like if you just got home from a jog or something like that or a stressful conversation on the phone or whatever, you want to know like how your body chemistry is shifting around so you can get a good baseline or at least like adjust your thinking around. Like say you're dealing with low blood pressure and you just get off a horrible phone call with your boyfriend breaks up with you and check your blood pressure and it's good all of a sudden like, oh, oh i need to always fight with <laughs> yeah. my boyfriend right you so you gotta every day you, you, like to get in control of your health you have to like be willing to like learn the spectrum of things that are influencing you and impacting your body chemistry and then and and that will help you get a better baseline for are you making real progress or not right but it's a it's a it's just a huge measurement that most people should know you know if you're over 30 or if you have any major health issue, then that's a pretty important thing just to at least get a glimpse of of what's going on and could, you know, what I like to see is somebody look at, you know, a few self-tests and if one number is just insane, like it's way out of place, then it's a pretty good indication that, hey, that may have something to do with some things that are going wrong and why don't I look into fixing that? Yeah, and usually it's like, when you correct that one thing that's way out, it normally resolves like a lot of issues that you may be having. It's kind of like when I would do work as a posture therapist, when you see one thing that's glare, like their head's like on their shoulder or something like that. If you could just correct that misalignment, it makes a world of difference for like pain everywhere in their system. 
Right. So, and blood pressure is a reflection of the minerals in our system, like the salts, um, uh, sugars, and the protein a little bit too, as well as fill. That just hasn't been able to be washed out. Filth is what Filth. I say. Junk. Filth. Filth. Oh, yeah. Filth. 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 Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a indication of what Phil is doing at his, <laughs> his house. Just ask Phil. Um, so uh, a lot of people will see high blood pressure, and a lot of times it's because their blood sugar is so high. So Because Phil's there. Yeah, because Phil makes mm-hmm. your blood pressure high. Um, so... Uh, so that's a, a good thing to know is blood pressure. Mm-hmm. So I think the next most important thing is is blood sugar. Um, and I think every household should have a glucometer um, just because you can gain a lot of information, not only uh, avoid becoming a type 2 diabetic if your sugars are out of control and you don't even know it, but also if any member of your household becomes insane for no reason... <laughs> And they're just a miserable person to be around, you know, once every three weeks or something. Then it's nice to look at blood. Just like when they're insane, then say, "Can I check your blood sugar real quick?" <laughs> and you can see is it has it crashed far too low for this person to function as a human being? Because a lot of times that has a lot to do with it. Yeah. So if they're screaming. You just stab them and take <laughs> some of their blood. <laughs> <laughs> and then say, hold still so I can check yeah. it. Speaking of which, like, there's there's videos of how to do all these different self-tests, like in our free digestive issues course at kickingthenuts.com forward slash courses, and also on my website, mybodyofknowledge.net. If you just type self-test into the search box, you'll find it. So if you're wanting to do these tests, there's videos that show you how to do it, and even links to where you can get the equipment. Right, but uh, uh, when you're looking at blood sugar it's valuable to look in the middle of the day if you're having some type of symptom like that like a dizzy situation i'm depressed uh bipolar type behavior um but the gold star of what to look at is the fasting glucose which means you check it first thing in the morning um and if you want to do this you know set it out like in the bathroom some or something like well you'll see it first thing in the morning you'll forget and uh, you want to check that number first thing in the morning. And and uh, what kind of numbers do you like to see from a fasting glucose? Uh, typically right around in between 80 and 100. Would you say that's a healthy range? Yeah, and, and if, I'm, I'm fine with going a little below 80. Anywhere between you know 70 and 90 is, is what I really like to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, once people get over 95, then I know that they're having a little harder time processing sugars and such. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of the range you want to see. And, and the first thing in the morning is cause that's what we've always tested. So we know that that's a, a number that we want to be consistent, that we know a range that's good. Yeah. And just to, this is a great test to do, especially if you're dealing with stuff like you're a type two diabetic and you're, you're working on trying to like fix that whole issue and become less, if you are insulin independent, this is the, a number you can see change like overnight. Like when you change your diet, you can wake up and all this. Like you maybe you test it the first day and your blood pressure's like your blood sugars are only two hundred, three hundred, and then you look at it the next day after like eating in a way that lowers your glucose levels, and it'll be like in a normal range. Like all of a sudden, it's not like twelve weeks later you come back and hopefully it's a little better. It's like overnight. <laughs> yeah, so it can be it can be drastic, but that doesn't mean that if you're a type two diabetic, you're going to fix it the next day. Just know that the changes can be very drastic relatively quickly once you start doing the right stuff. Changes gonna yeah. come. And and I mean, you're still going to have symptoms and like the insulin resistance, but you'll know really quickly you're on the right path. Right, anything. and that's an important piece of information for you to be able to to actually see that happen because ninety nine point nine 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 percent of all type two diabetics that have talked to me or come to me, when I ask them, so what did your doctor say about food? They say, oh, he didn't mention food. Really? So most people, even the people that are dealing with this issue don't have the base understanding that, oh, if I eat carbohydrates, that turns sugar in my blood and raises the sugar level in my blood. Mm. Like, that is not even taught to people. So 
if you can understand that and then you have a glucometer and you can kind of look at this, then you can see, oh, you know, you can food journal and see what you ate and then see what your fasting glucose is the next day. And it kind of gives you an understanding of, oh, when I, when I have seven bananas in one day, my glucose is a little higher than the day when I did not have any bananas. Right. And along with that, cholesterol will be tend to be higher in individuals that elevated blood sugar levels. So if that that's another thing that can contribute further to the high blood pressure. And now they are teaching that in medical schools. Who knows how long it'll be until doctors start actually telling their patients mm-hmm. that is another thing. Right. If but, you get a whippersnapper doctor, you get a lot of new information. But Yeah, that we, might care about people stale. <laughs> but, so go to younger doctors. Yeah. That, I mean, they're coming out with the newer information. So, and But who knows? Like They may still be mandated to say pharmaceutical information. But there, there is a strong proven correlation between elevated blood sugar levels and elevated cholesterol levels. So the, and we've talked about that in a whole podcast episode about high cholesterol, so we don't have to talk about that here. But. but it is true because, I mean, I don't know how long ago it was, but several years ago when I was about 90-something pounds heavier, I, I was at a doctor's office, never mentioned anything about my weight or that I should lose weight or anything. But when I was in high school and I weighed about 130 pounds, I was at the diet doctor's and he told me I was fat. Because he wanted to sell me some Fin Fin, you know, and it was like, oh, I'm fat now, and you know, and then like I'm 100 pounds heavier than that, more than that, actually. And then I'm not fat because you couldn't really prescribe me anything because that was when they were doing all the lawsuits on Fin Fin and Fintramine and stuff Uh, saying it was bad. So I guess they had stopped prescribing that. Interesting. So uh, the glucose is a really big deal, but another one that uh, is not a self-test but it's a really big deal is insulin levels. Mm. And it's really great to get at least an indication of where insulin levels might be because your blood sugar uh, can be fine, but the insulin levels are very high uh, because you need more insulin to keep those blood sugars fine. So something that's really cool that they're doing a lot now is that a person can go to a lab just like they would go the same lab even that their doctor might send them to for blood work. Um, they can order a test online without their doctor, and it's, it's not to diagnose or treat anything. It's just for educational purposes. But a person can order a cholesterol test by themselves. They don't need a doctor to do that. There's a, a website uh, that I use a lot called Health Check USA. I'm not an affiliate there or anything. Um, they're but, our sponsor for the show. Yeah, they're really <laughs> they're not, but that's just one site. There's probably like fifteen or twenty different ones that um, that use a lot of these same labs that your doctor would use. So you buy the test, and a lot of them are anywhere from like sixty to two or three hundred dollars, depending on what you want to test. And you can test like you know, thyroid hormones. You can test iron levels, hemochromatosis stuff. Um, cholesterol, all this stuff. And so you take in the form that you bought it and they run the test and then they send you the results. Now they don't send you an interpretation of this means this or you have this or you got to fix this. They just send you the results and then you kind of do your own research, which is not always the best idea. But if you have a base understanding of what the situation is, then you can look at some numbers and, and get your own information. Yeah. Some other ones are any lab test now and uh SpectraCell is another one. That you they'll just there's usually like blood draw centers or some companies will even send someone to your house and just collect a blood sample in a you know, totally like legitimate AMA right. certified way and send off the frozen sample to the lab and then you get your results. Right. And so cholesterol is a great thing for a person to look at if they haven't, if they've never looked at that or it's been a long time, because a lot of times blood sugar can be in good range and then you go and get your cholesterol level and the cholesterol is very high. And that high cholesterol is often, not always, but often a great indication that insulin levels are too high and that high insulin is creating inflammation, which is causing cholesterol levels to go high to deal with that inflammation. There are gadgets too. You can get one, like a home test. Like yeah. There's an electronic blood lipid profile thing that'll tell you your total cholesterol, 
your HDL and then it'll infer your LDL also from some equations that if you're really like scared and you have high blood pressure or high cholesterol and you want to like really track it on a more regular basis than the doctor's insurance will allow you can get one of those devices i think they're in between like one to two hundred dollars and then you can test any time and it seems that all those devices are not only getting better but cheaper yeah and so that's really good right so we're probably not far along from a lot of those things being an iphone app yeah Mm -hmm. they're they're kind of working on some things like that now i had my cholesterol checked so i think i want to do that there there is that they even go to the apple store you can get a uh a blood pressure monitor cuff you just wear. Right, really? It's a 24-hour sequence. Like it, oh my uh, gosh, I should. It streams your blood pressure to your doctor or your own phone, so it just tracks it all day long. That would be great to know all day long because yeah. Kenna could yeah, just yeah, like yeah, show yeah, that yeah, to yeah, her yeah, boyfriend. Yeah, you could just yeah, have yeah, it on yeah. your app. My boyfriend, like, oh, he's my husband. Don't talk to her, don't talk to her, and it just like, shows uh-huh. where she is so you can dodge her. Right, in, right. In <laughs> red zone. Exactly. Maybe I'm picking those fights just to raise my blood pressure subconsciously. Yeah. So, um, so those are some big ones, and we'll cover a couple more too. But let's let's go into a few questions now, since we've been ignoring people the whole show. Okay, and just so you know, today all of our listeners can get a free audiobook from Audible.com. Just Audible.com. Go to, yeah, just go to <laughs> just go to kickitinthenuts.com forward slash audiobook for the details. All right, and you can get one of Tony's books there too, and then that also tells you how to self test and yeah, all kick that your jazz. fat in the nuts teaches you how to do the self test that we're talking about too. Yeah. All right, so Fred from North Hollywood, California, at what number would you consider blood pressure to be? high over 130 good job good job kenna yeah. Yeah, what, about, what about diastolic about? yeah see. i don't y'all didn't say that one actually. oh 90 over 90 130 over 90 okay fred there you go you're easy right. you're easy cover like girl fred. all right val what are good diabetic numbers high and low we covered that one huh kind of well so when we when we talk about diabetic we're talking about type 2 diabetes because that's the one that's the easiest to uh, manipulate and to correct issues and stuff like that. So type 1 diabetes is a totally different issue. But um, if your fasting blood sugar is over 100, then uh, you're what they used to call syndrome X, or now they might be starting to call you towards insulin resistance or pre-diabetic. And, and different doctors have different numbers. There's It kind of varies between 100 to 110 uh, to 116. And even the numbers that they start to diagnose people as a type 2 diabetic, I've heard variations in that too, but um, most doctors run at 128 mm-hmm. to where if a person has a fasting blood sugar of 128 three days out of a week that they're like, okay, you you win. You're a type 2 diabetic. <laughs> you, you get the prize. Yeah. Um, so that's about the number that you really want to stay far away from. And there's also the A1C test you can run yeah. yourself, which they, it's a new thing that you can do that at home as well. You can get that pretty much at any Rite Aid or CVS or online. Um, but the A1C test tells you your uh, essentially your sort of average blood sugar over the past two to three months, which is the fasting glucose is like right now, what is your blood sugar? And the A1C test is like, what has it typically been on average over the past two to three months? So there's different scales of like what ideal is on that. Do you have a favorite number? For it seems that? like 5 to 5.4 was like a normal number. Yeah. And then above that was you're starting to lean not so great. Yeah. I'm going by memory here. Yeah. Another thing is that this is kind of a new thing where it was almost like as soon as it came out, they were like, this is the new gold standard. This is the law. This is the best thing ever. And now they're kind of starting to see some things where like, oh, maybe this is not uh, as solid as, as we were thinking, but I still view it as a valid test. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I would I would still do a fasting blood sugar with that. That's a bigger piece of information yeah. too. And that, that A1C score, because it is an average of over the past two, three months, will change more slowly. Mm-hmm. So you can watch your glucose day to day and stay in like ideal range for that. And then maybe like once a month, if you're working on fixing that number, you, you do the A1C test again. Yeah, I think it's worth checking out. Yeah. If you want to learn how to look at your own chemistry to get a better idea of how your unique body is operating, sign up for our KIY or Kick It Yourself membership. 
Not only do you gain access to our four-week digestion course and our 12-week flagship Kick Your Fat course that normally sells for $129, you also get free shipping at naturalreference.com. Restrictions apply, but since the membership is only $9 a month, it can pay for itself. You'll also have access to a reference system like you've never seen before and a members-only private support group where you can get feedback from coaches I've trained and I even show up to do live Q&A videos on a monthly basis. To see more features and sign up, go to kickitnaturally.com forward slash K-I-Y. That's K-I-Y. All right. Tom, why do I wake up totally exhausted and just sleep all day and night? Ambien. Yeah. So this is a situation where there's not an answer for Tom right now. We don't, there's no way we're going to have an answer because energy production, uh, being tired, inability to wake up, uh, the need to sleep all the time. There's like 50 different reasons that those things happen yeah. and, and there could be variations between all of them. Yeah. So what Tom needs to do is to listen to this episode of our show. <laughs> right. If you haven't heard this episode of our show, I want you to listen to this episode of our show. Yeah. And didn't we do something with like being exhausted or tired yeah. all the time? Chronic or, fatigue. Yeah, chronic syndrome. fatigue. But yeah. just to kind of flesh out what you were just saying there, like if a client were to ask me that question, I'd be like, well, what are your self-test scores? Because it's so ambiguous right now. Like he could be low blood pressure. He could be too catabolic. He could be too anabolic. He could be a slow oxidizer. He could be hypoglycemic fast oxidizer. He could be too alkaline. Like all of those things could make you feel like that. And it could be really clear which one or ones of those were the case for Tom in the moment if he just ran a self-test. Right. So this is something for Tom to be really excited about because most people don't know. They know to go to the doctor and then the doctor does blood work. So uh, the doctor gets the blood work back and he says, everything's in range. I can't do anything for you. So the reason that happens is because blood is a compensated fluid uh, where the body does whatever it can to keep it in line. And a lot of times by the time blood numbers go out of range, everything's really screwed up real bad. But what's exciting for Tom is that he can look at other aspects of his physiology just at home. And when you start to understand what they mean, then you can get ideas. Because Tom probably hasn't been dealing with this for two or three nights. This is probably something he's been annoyed with for a long time. And what's exciting is that this is what this is all about. This is about just learn how to look at your own body and get some ideas of what's going on and then you can start to make steps to improve them yeah without that information you kind of got nothing to do though right and what's exciting also about these self-tests is it's not like it's not like they're like second tier not quite as important as blood tests kind of tests like these because of what you may all looks like flesh out a little bit more about what you just said blood is a compensated fluid meaning your body makes a huge priority about keeping the ranges of different parameters in your blood balance or else you die. Like your blood pH, your yeah. blood sugar. Your the blood goal pressure. is not to die for your body. Right. It really doesn't want to do that. Whereas your piss can be all over the place. Like right. Your piss pH, your urine. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it can be like, it can be eight, it could be five, you know, which is a huge difference in pH. But your blood, if it goes from like 7.36 to 7.46, like it's getting close to De- Almost dead. You know, right? Almost dead. So that's that's what I mean. It's a compensation. It means your body is doing all sorts of amazing, crazy different things to keep your blood in the narrow range that allows life. But your urine and saliva, therefore, are like very telling fluids because in looking at them, you can see like what your body's having to do to keep your blood balanced. And because of that, like we often think of urine and saliva tests as like more informative than blood and you can test your urine and saliva anytime you can test your blood too but those tests are oftentimes tests that like doctors don't even think about right and and what's great is that um I just this tom is a perfect example here so you know he could test some things and they would be in range and they would be perfect like he could probably test his blood sugar it might be perfect he might be able to test his ph's and they would be perfect and then he would test his blood pressure, and it would be like 80 over 50. Mm-hmm. And so that's 
you, then you have somewhere to start from. Then you can understand, okay, it appears that my minerals are very low, my resources are very low, and that may be af- affecting my ability to function and, and not be tired. So if that's the information that's way out of whack, then you just got some information. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Cool. Good job, Tom. Annie, if your numbers are all good, in a good range, should you stop supplementing with beet flow and betaine HCL or cut back and monitor? Not sure how long to continue with these supplements. So um, Annie's probably a book reader that we, where we teach people if they have digestive issues, they can fix them uh, by improving bile flow with uh, a, a product called beet flow that has like beet greens in it. And uh, they can incre- improve their stomach acid with HCL. So... There's not a lot of numbers that show a direct correlation of how those are working specifically. Um, So uh, with those, it's more about have my digestive symptoms gone away? Am I pooping every day? Am I no longer bloated or burping or passing gas or having indigestion or acid reflux or all those things? So once somebody starts to feel like they're functioning, they can kind of start to back off of those and then how do you have people back off of stuff like yeah, that yeah just like they ramp up with uh like the hcl slowly you want to try to ramp down like wean off of them as well so say you're at five hcl and everything's awesome per meal right yeah f- you're taking five hcl capsules every meal and everything's great your numbers are great your digestion's good then you're like i'm going to try to start tapering down because the better your digestion's working and more balanced your chemistry is the better your whole digestive system works, so you'll be less needy of supplementation. So you start to taper down, and say the next day you go down to four capsule HCL, and everything's still groovy, it's still awesome, there's no problems. Then you go down to three, still great, no problems. Then you get down to two, and then all of a sudden you're a little constipated. Like say so you don't, like you were having two good bowel moods, and then all of a sudden you only have one, and you felt a little bloated. Then you're like, oh, maybe I still need to take three for a little while. So you go back up to three. And then everything's groovy again. And then like another week or two or a month later, you'd start tapering down again. See if it works. Down two. And then until you're just in the clear, smooth sailing. And then I like to keep those supplements around just in case you feel like some sort of regression. Like you're, you have like a huge party weekend or you have some birthday meal and you eat some weird food and you get constipated or gassy again. It's nice to have those digestive supplements to help you like supercharge or get back on track. But basically, you you got to learn to identify what are the signs and symptoms of insufficient HCL and, and also of impaired bile flow. And then just know, like, if you need a little boost, you, you can increase your dose or go back on the supplements for a little while until things get smooth again. And that's another thing we wanted people to learn in, the, in this episode, uh, especially if you've never heard any of our shows. And if you haven't, we're not even sure why you haven't turned it off yet. Um, <laughs> but... The, a big self-test is, oh, I poop once a week. You know, if you're that constipated, that you don't need to check your blood pressure to know that there's a problem. You There's a problem. So just symptoms from digestive issues are a big piece of information that can kind of guide you in the right direction. And we teach all this in the free four-week digestion course, but um, if somebody's having an issue like that, it's just as good as information as if you see that your blood pressure is low or high. So understanding symptoms can be a great way because most people that have digestive symptoms think that that's just how it is for me. I'm just, you know, my mom was the same way, so that's how I am. Mm-hmm. And people don't understand that chronic constipation or diarrhea or bloating, they don't understand that there's really something causing that that people fix very easily all the time. Yeah, it's something you said, I don't know if it was a, a, a while back in a podcast or if it was something that I was, you know, transcribing, but you know, I always give you all a hard time about digestion, but you said something about it's like a plant with its root system. Mm-hmm. And if the, you know, how long is the plant going to survive if the roots aren't getting water and what it needs and nutrients, it's going to die. Yeah. And that's basically what our digestion is to our body. And it made me go, okay, I guess I can, you know, start really paying attention to that. Because it right. didn't seem so important, but it is. It's everything, basically. Yeah. And it creates disease and all kinds of problems in your body. Yeah. Yeah. So for Annie, one number that you would want to look at when you're considering how are you doing with your digestion is, is your blood pressure. And if it's, if it's still too low, that can be a strong indication that you may not be pulling enough minerals out of your food yet. Um, and if it's still too high, that can sometimes be an indication that 
bile is not flowing well yet and you're not removing filth from the body and the filth is accumulating in the blood and raising the blood pressure. Can we talk about the urine dipstick from this one? Yeah, dipstick. So it's one. Of, it's my favorite self-test because it's so it's so fancy. It's got right. like the eleven the parameter eleven one? parameter yeah. urinalysis reagent dipstick test. It's like a super long name, but if you look at it, looking for it on uh, Amazon or Natural Reference, it's under R for Rapid Response Eleven Parameter Urinalysis Dipstick. I think is the name of it. So. It'll tell you the presence of like 11 different things and how much of those are in your urine, including, in, to, to address this in conjunction with Annie's question about beet flow, if you have really impaired bile flow for a while, you'll start to see either bilirubin or urobilogen in your urine dipstick. On that dipstick, yeah. Yeah, so that's, that is a very, very strong indication that your bile is not flowing out of the body and it's refluxing back into the blood and your kidneys are starting to pee some of it out. So that's a big problem. And you can tell that if you look at your urine dipstick, either of those things are a good indication that, hey, that's not happening. And another thing you can see there sometimes is protein in your urine, which it should not be there also, which is usually a sign that the body is very catabolic. And that is often a case because of lack of protein assimilation. Like you're not digesting and eating enough protein and assimilating it. That's not the only thing that can cause a catabolic imbalance, but it's a good sign that like there's something off in your digestion or you're not eating. Enough. Can you tell if you have a UTI? You can tell if you have a UTI. You can also tell from your urine-specific gravity, which is also on that test, if your body's leaning too anabolic or too catabolic. And if it's too, if it's 15 is like an ideal score for the specific gravity, but if it's a little bit higher than that, like 20, 25, 30, that's more of a catabolic, typically slower oxidizer imbalance indicator, where if it's lower than that, it's more of an anabolic fast oxidizer indicator. Does it tell urine and uh, saliva pH? Well, it doesn't tell saliva because you don't don't spit on it, but it doesn't tell your urine or anything? It has a urine pH marker on there too, and it has a ketone marker. A few other things. All those done at once. Right, so it's really fun. Um, And for those of you who may not know, um, information about do I have a catabolic or an anabolic imbalance can be very helpful for a lot of issues. And it's basically an issue of at the cellular level, is a person falling apart too much or are they staying in that rebuild mode uh, too much and causing other problems? But there's a lot of issues that somebody could get a grasp on, you know, why is my anxiety high? Why can't I sleep? Why can't I poop? Why don't my muscles repair? You know, there's a lot of issues that people could get some understanding of if they knew that they had an anabolic or catabolic imbalance. And we teach all that in the free course too. Mm -hmm. All right. Kendrick from Pelham, New Hampshire. I was wondering, how do I take my wife's temperature? Asking might help. Yeah, I think you have to ask. Yeah. You have to ask politely. May I please have your temperature? <laughs> I kind of do don't understand the question. But I, one thing is that um, there's a lot of cool new temperature things out there. Like we use, I use the forehead one yeah, where it's like a little light temple. meter thing that you kind of push the button and you run it across oh, the forehead. Just like, sp- like bones. Yeah, just like bones. Yeah. And it tells the temperature. Um, you I know, when you just hold up to the tempo. Nice. Right, so there's there's easy ways. There's all, you know the, the old mouth kind of way, and there's other backdoor ways too. If, what about if under the armpit? Under the armpit is a different one. I don't know what how what the um, if that's is that the same reading that you would get from I a mouth know. or a backdoor? Doubt it. I know that people use that for thyroid tests a lot, but um, but body temperature can help give information too. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's a valid test worth looking at. Yeah, there's some really interesting things you can tell about your thyroid doing like a, or like, upon waking temperature. It's kind of a little process you got to do that's a little more complicated than this conversation allows. But if you look it up, like temperature thyroid test. Yeah, it's not my favorite because uh, variations can be greatly due to weight and stuff yeah, like that and, and altitude and. Right, so it's not my favorite, but it's still uh, people have figured out some good things to do with it, um, but. Uh, temperature is usually just what device do you have, and it's usually really simple to do. Mm-hmm. Cool. Danny from Bradford, UK. Is it bad for a hemophiliac to eat too much fish fats due to their natural anti-inflammatory properties? So, Danny, you're gonna. This is gonna be. I don't know. 
It, hemophilic, is that where they bleed, freed bleeders? Or where it's, they don't have trouble clotting. Yeah, yeah. And if they cut themselves, they might bleed Right, it can much. be a real yeah. problem. So I, I do know that a lot of times with hemophiliacs, they'll say stay away from vitamin E and fish oils. Um, and I know that vitamin E has the ability to thin the blood and can lower blood take pressure. take an aspirin. Yeah, so they, they would not do that. Um, but I, I don't know about fish oils. I, I, I really don't have a clue. Will, you look like you don't have a clue either. I don't have a clue. I just know a lot of things that have been said that that say that they're super amazing for you. And then some people that I respect the thought pattern of more say that they're awful for you. Right. And, and one of those is fish oil. And, <laughs> and he, one thing that we can say for sure is that um, there are some benefits that can come from using fish oils or fatty acids for people that are dealing with very severe imbalances like an anabolic imbalance that a fatty acid does have the ability to balance that out a little bit but uh, a person that's overly catabolic you give them fish oils and you're ruining them you're you're making them fall apart yeah if you uh, just go to i would recommend starting the conversation with go to raypeat.com and just look up his article on fish oil because you'll learn a lot of disturbing things about fatty acids and how, like, I think instead of essential, he calls them, like, fatal or something <laughs> like that. You know, like, so, but just for, like, for people that are in, curious about that, that or that are huge fans and that make sure to take all their omega fatty acid oils every day, you might want to read that article and just go over, maybe rethink your pattern. Right. So just remember that we know that everybody has been telling everyone to take those, but they also used to tell us that smoking was healthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So again, when it comes to fatty acids, we're not saying that everyone must stay away from them, but there's a huge portion of the population that absolutely should and then there's a lot of other that absolutely should stay away from them absolutely should stay away from them and then there's a lot of other opinions that kind of feel like just about everybody should stay away from them or at least limit them yeah all right richard from orange park florida oh and richard said that last time he was a little too redneck and so he wants to sound oh. more intelligent, maybe okay. British. Sorry, He's actually Richard. from Sorry. Oxford. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tony, up until I began listening to your podcast, my self-monitoring of health consisted of measuring how far my handles hung over my jeans. Now I am recording my BP and heart rate daily. Once I finish your di- digestion course, I will follow your recommended self-tests. Having said this, does heart rate indicate being in an anabolic or catabolic state my resting heart rate is around 50 he sounds smarter he sounds already too, he shouldn't be asking me questions he sounds too yeah, smart i feel be, like i shouldn't be doing this podcast right i shouldn't ask them so yeah that, this is a great question that um i'm glad richard asked because uh you know your pulse your resting pulse is a big piece of information and it's a big, big piece of information that a lot of people have wrong because you look at an athlete, that pulse will start to go down, the resting pulse, and they'll be like, oh, man, your, your pulse is 46. You're really healthy. You're like turbo healthy is what you are. But one thing that we know is that pulse can be an indication of being overly catabolic or overly anabolic. Um, a lot of times when you see tachycardia situations where someone has a racing resting pulse where all of a sudden their heart rate is super, super fast, and then they're kind of freaking out. Not in all situations. Shut up. I didn't say that. Not all. But in some situations, those really fast uh, heart rates is from an overly anabolic imbalance where something's causing that person to be far too anabolic and it's causing their heart to race. And for the most part, the medical world is oblivious to this, and you just end up with a drug or, or something. Um, but they'll say it's like a panic attack or yeah, anxiety or something, right? And they'll put you actually on like uh, blood pressure meds, even though your blood pressure is like a hundred over eighty. They, they, I had a, a relative that they did this to, um, but we're not saying this is the cure or anything. But when uh, and a lot of people in this situation, when you help them improve that anabolic imbalance, and they they take some steps to correct that, all of a sudden the pulse comes right down, back into normal. Mm -hmm. And so the opposite is with a super low pulse, is that a lot of times that person is is overly catabolic. And coincidentally, most 
elite athletes lean a little more catabolic. Um, and, you know, that could be from overtraining, but at the same rate, that catabolic state is where your body can really make energy well. Where we should all be in a catabolic state during the day um, to help us get through the day. So a lot of excellent athletes are a little more catabolic and they're kind of a little bit better athletes for it. Oh, I guess I'm never going to be an Olympian. Oh, man. Damn. But, but one of the f- factor that does, like, why they would say, like, oh, you're healthier with a lower pulse is because when you do, especially anaerobic sports like sprints or weightlifting, your heart gets good at pumping more blood per stroke right which is why your pulse rate goes down because it's more efficient like a very strong rower like pulls a lot of water at once and they can do fewer strokes and go just as fast as the next person so your heart rate does get slower the stronger the muscle of the heart is but then there's other biochemical reasons like you're talking about with anabolic or catabolic issues and phs that would augment the rate of pulse right so when i'm looking at pulse as a I only look at at it as a piece of information. It's not a determinant factor. Mm-hmm. And when we look at most of these measurements, none of them are a determinant factor. You, you really want to look at a few things and get some indications and then look at what are the symptoms a person is dealing with so that you can understand how does that all fit together? Does it all make sense? And when it makes sense, then you can start working to improve things. So... If like symptoms are improved, everything's great, but you have one number that's a little bit out of balance, then that just may, may be how your body has adjusted to functioning better. And that can be okay as long as everything's running well for you. Mm-hmm. You get one positive on a pregnancy test and yeah. everything changes. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a big parasite there. Yeah. Um, should we talk about some of the other self-tests we haven't mentioned yet? Sure. So another easy one that anyone with a timer can do is your breath rate. So ideally, and this says a lot about uh, your metabolism and your blood pH, your ideal breath rate should be right around 15 to 16 breaths per minute just sitting there. Not like when you're running, but like when you're just sitting there. So the way you do this test, you just start a timer and count how many breaths you take in a minute. It's that simple. And if it's much slower than that, that's indications that you either are not really burning through glucose very quickly, like someone who's leaning towards a diabetic state, and that you can also be too alkaline. Like if you're, if you heard alkaline water was really good for you and you started drinking a ton of it, that can also make your breath rate slower. And the reason it's getting slower really is your body is trying to make energy. It's best it can. And it can't do that when there's too much oxygen or not enough carbonic acid. And the reason for that is your cells need to oxidize to make energy. They need oxygen in the cells to make energy and if it's too alkaline then your cells can't get oxygen from your blood cells into your tissues because the blood holds the oxygen in the blood yeah because that that carbonic acid is required to trigger the blood cells to release oxygen into the tissues and if there isn't enough carbonic acid because you drank too much alkaline water um, or because of metabolic problems you created by eating too many carbohydrates for way too long like a diabetic that's developed insulin resistance then there's problems getting fuel or oxygen into the cells and that ends up creating less carbonic acid for you to exhale so your breath and your breath rate becomes slower and your body's trying to sequester more of that carbon and keep it in the bloodstream so you breathe out less often so your breath rate gets slower right and and this is a really easy one to do. You can even do this test on someone else if they're not really paying attention so much. Yeah. Um, and keep in mind that you only want to count the inhales. You're not counting inhale one, exhale two. Um, you just count the inhales. But like, this is great information for people that are dating because you go on a first date with someone. And if you notice oh, that their God, breath Tony, rate, I can just see you on a first date. If their breath rate, to me. <laughs> if their breath rate, if their breath rate is like twenty-five a minute, then that person is crazy, yeah. and you're going to want to get your check and then go on check. to the next person. Right. Um, but because they're ripping through fuel so quickly that, in most cases, a lot of people with a breath rate that high will have some emotional issues because the brain is not. Okay. Getting fuel. I just through. created a whole funny scene in my head <laughs> that I'm going to ride up with you on a first date. Uh, okay, that's good. Um, 
Yeah, but if I was to go on a dating site now, I would be like, well, does it list blood pressure? Yeah, my breath yeah. rate. Oh, my gosh, yeah. <laughs> What's your breath sets, rate? Yeah. Every, yeah, exactly. But that, it is true. Like, for people that are really interested in, like, optimizing their mental performance and emotional stability and energy production, um, this is, like, one of the main numbers that you'd want to look at. And one of the first books you'd want to read is called Nutrition in Your Mind by George Watson, where you learn, like, how all this sort of matters. And also you'll learn some of the more sciencey stuff about how breath rate is affected by these different factors. But you'll you'll come to know, like, it has a profound effect on your mood and your me- your memory and your mental performance and your ability to make energy. So your ability to be an athlete or work out or burn fat. So breath rate is super huge. And also, if you're one of these people that are really anxious all the time, like you can definitely look at your breath rate as one of the, the main measurements that you want to check and see. Because, like, for example, if you're way too alkaline and your breath rate's really slow, you may feel tense and panicky all the time. Right. Like, you may like, your tailbone will be tight all the time and you're just like really hot and you feel like you got to hold your breath all the time and you're anxious. And it's because your cells are suffocating. Like they're not able to get oxygen, even though you're in a a world of oxygen, the cells can't get them when you're too alkaline. So your breath rate would show that if it's really slow. So let's talk about pH quickly too. Um, We only have a couple minutes left. But, um, you know, with pHs, there's a lot of information that you can get. But what we don't want you to do is try and get the piece of information that everybody out there is telling people to do. And that is that they're telling people that you need to alkalize and you're acidic and you're going to die and alkalize, alkalize. And they're selling these supplements that force your urine to go alkaline and, and can cause a lot of problems, according to what Will was just saying. Do you want to just kind of breeze over that? Just that both of us totally messed up. Yeah, we that. fell for that <laughs> many right. years yeah, ago. I was alkalizing for a long time and ended up creating extreme tetany, which is like clenching, cramping in my extremities, like hands and feet all the time, as well as like uh, gum bleeding and like protein malnutrition, like blue circles under my eyes. And it's because... I alkalized away all my stomach acid, so I had no protein left, and my cells were suffocating for energy because the bloodstream was too alkaline. Uh, So that's not fun. And and it's not what you want to do, but there's still a lot more information that you can get from urine and saliva pH that is not, am I alkaline enough? That's not the information we want you to get, but there's a lot of other info that you can get. Yeah. Yeah, Don't think that higher urine pH is better. but there, I guess since we're close to out of time, we should also mention testing ketones. So mm-hmm. you can, on that 11-parameter urinalysis rage and dipstick thing, and I mentioned before, you can also look for ketones. But you can also, with more sensitive ketone test strips, you can get in the diabetic section of any Rite Aid or CVS. If you're trying to lose fat, we've had a couple of different podcast episodes on the ketogenic diet, and monitoring your urine ketones is a really useful way to know if you're successfully achieving ketosis or not. Um, and as I talk about in this blog post I wrote on it on mybodyofknowledge.net, just type in ketogenic in the search box, you'll see links to other ways to monitor your urine ket- your, your ketones. Because once your body gets good at making ketones and using them for energy, your urine ketone levels will go down, but your breath and blood ketone levels will go up. So there's ways, there's self-tests you can order from like Amazon.com uh, or wherever to uh, monitor your blood ketones. Or there's a really fancy breath ketone meter by Ketonics, K-E-T-O-N-I-X.com, which I love. It's a f- super fun toy when I'm like in fat burning mode to like just check your breath ketone levels and be like, oh, awesome. I'm super burning fat right now or not. Right, and, and and we've also been talking a lot about using a, a ketogenic diet for some therapeutic effects for people that are dealing with some yeah, some issues. I don't understand why you and Will are doing it because y'all aren't fat at all. I mean, like, didn't you have like four percent body fat? So. Well, kind of a we as we talked about in our in the ketogenic episode that that's that's kind of how I've always eaten is more ketogenic, and I just feel better. I I function so just better. Feel better. Just, it just you. works better for me. Um, but that doesn't mean that everybody needs to do it. But uh, what I just like to mention the f- the fact that it's not just for extreme weight loss. That there's a lot of therapeutic effects. That it's almost the only thing that'll work. Like you know, 80 years ago, it was the only thing they used for seizure patients. It still works. It was a ketogenic diet, and that that still works. And so they're seeing a lot of resistance. Does it help yeah, with that? Yeah, and they've seen a lot of success with like PCOS and even MS and stuff like that. So it's just, it's so interesting because of that, that people are using it so much for therapeutic effects now, not just 
weight loss. Yeah, I mean, I use it mostly to, so that I can have energy and think clearly all day. Like you're, you just don't have hypo hyperglycemic issues. Your brain's just always clean and clear, and there's way less free radical production when you're running off of ketones. So your brain stays clear longer, and you also have less mental degeneration when you get older, like lower instances of dementia and things like that. Mm. So we covered a lot of very easy things that you can do at home um, with stuff that you can get at most pharmacies and health food stores or on Amazon. I think the 11 parameter strips is the only thing you can't get at a local store. You got to get those on Amazon in most cases. Um, but And we also talked about how to check websites where you can get more advanced tests if that's what you want to do. But um, I think the main point is to understand that Oh, I can learn about my body on my own. Mm-hmm. I can I can gain more information without having to go into the doctor to do that. And if you can start to learn about what that information means, you can kind of adjust your situation all year round or whatever yeah. comes up, really. You can also get a lot of help with tracking all this, which we haven't even mentioned this yet on the uh the Coalition for Health Education website. Yes, where ourcoalition.org. You can register as a, you click on register as a self-help person. And then there's charts in there where you, because you, when you get the visual of what your numbers are doing and you can kind of watch the progress and, mm-hmm. oh, I ate this and it does this kind of thing, mm-hmm. it really becomes great information. Yeah, and there's also a fancy app you can get so you can easily track and monitor your progress charts. Uh, once you become a member on the Coalition website, you can just download it on your Android or iPhone. Just search for the Coalition for Health Education mobile app on either platform. And do we have the ability for them to find coaches? Remotely? Yeah, you can, you can request okay. a yeah, so thing. It, and so if making sense of all Kenna this. Kenna runs a lot of that. She helps people find people that are local. Kenna. So if you're overwhelmed by like, I, I'm, I'm interested in doing these self-tests, but I, I feel overwhelmed and trying to interpret them. If you sign up on the coalition, it's only like 20 bucks a year, I think. For right. It's something that we've built for practitioners to use with their clients. Uh-huh. But we ended up seeing from the book readers that, hey, I want to monitor my stuff, do. So we just left the same $20 annual fee to be the journals, member. You do everything there. Yeah. So. so it's a great support team. If you want to do this, like... There's stuff that shows you how to do all these self-tests, but then there's that platform where there you can get a coach to help you make sense of it and also have a platform to, to track everything on these nice progress charts. You can read about your imbalances, and they'll give you recipes too. Pretty right. And pretty yeah. soon we're going to have the ability for you guys to become coaches and learn take the coach course and learn how to right. do that stuff too. Right. Oh, yeah. That's super fun. Yeah. Um, so anything else that we need to wrap up with? Did we mm-hmm. we told people how to do self-tests and... I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's... I mean, maybe a quick recap on the equipment you might want to get would be a blood pressure cuff, urine and saliva pH test strips, which is the same. You use the same pH. Yeah, and those are like 15 bucks. Those are easy. Uh, The rapid response 11 parameter urinalysis dipsticks, ketone test meters if you want to test those sensitively. Glucometer. Like glucometer for blood sugar. And then any special lab tests you want to run, you could do probably through any labtestnow.com or spectracell or healthcheck.com healthcheckusa.com as Tony says this in his book and a lot of stuff too like if you're thinking oh my gosh I've got about $50 this and this and this and this that it's like you're going to pay for your health now or you're going to pay for it later you're going to prevent some huge disastrous disease if you start monitoring stuff or you're going to be paying for it out the nose when you're you know, limbs are falling off. And- well, the real money-saving situation is to avoid what I did and Will probably did too. And that is you start to research this problem you're having and somebody says, oh, well, glutamine helps that. Mm-hmm. And then somebody else says, oh, well, put butter on the on the bottom side of a Pop-Tart, not on the frosted <laughs> okay. side, and then sit it on the roof in right. the sun for four hours. That one. So you, you just kind of start trying all these things mm-hmm. and like, 80% of them are pushing you the wrong direction. So you're wasting all this money on super expensive supplements that are just making you worse. Mm-hmm. But if you spend money on things that you can look at what your physiology is doing, then all of a sudden you get information that points you in the right direction. And mm-hmm. then you just, it kind of tells you what you need to use. Yeah. And you could honestly get all of that equipment I just mentioned for like under 100 bucks. Right. Or if you wanted the fancy like breath ketometer too, they'd be like 200 bucks total. And that is and that's not like an ongoing you have to keep rebuying that stuff some of the things like the test strips you like you run out of but your blood pressure cuff will last you i bought one four years ago it yeah. still works yeah so it's good and then um like if you have friends come over and they're just a jerk then you can start testing numbers on them and see why <laughs> yeah. so it's just good to have in the house yeah. 
Okay. Everybody always looks at me like that. Am I really a jerk? <laughs> Kenna's awesome. Time? We love Kenna. Yeah, okay. we just want you to wrap it up. Oh, okay. 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 Is paranoia one of those signs? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. All right, so uh, today's show is brought to you by Audible.com. Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at kickitinthenuts.com forward slash audiobook. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. And if you want to learn more about how to look at your own body chemistry, you can read any of Tony's books or take the free four-week digestion course at kickitinthenuts.com. Join us on uh, Facebook and tell us what you want to hear about. Yeah, and we'll see you next week for the Clowns episode. Awesome. Yeah. Bye-bye. Learn more about today's topic by becoming a KIY member and gain access to our members-only podcast episodes. That's where we dig deeper into each topic and share the secrets that help our clients and coaches see such amazing results. You'll also gain access to our private support group where you can ask us questions when you get stuck. It's only $9 a month, and you get free shipping at naturalreference.com, which can save you like $9 a month. So do the math and join the Kick It Yourself KIY gang. Go to kickitnaturally.com forward slash KIY, and we'll see you on the inside.